you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. You have all made it to the dance. Cause believe me, this is the dance. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Grumble! I am your host, Graham, and sitting in the corner to my right, my good friend Dan. How are you? All right. I sit in the corner to my left, eating a packet of... What type of Monster Munch is it, Daryl? Uh, I've got Flaming Hot at a minute. Eating but... a packet of Flaming Hot Monster Munch, so apologies for that. It's Daryl. Right. And excited me, I've got some roast beef ones. Excellent. Because I thought three, having three is greedy, so I left pickled onion behind. Ah. So opening contest for this wait, week. You left the best ones behind. Well, wait. Oh, opening wait, contest for this week. Right. Okay. Here we go. What's the best flavor of Monster Munch? Right. Well, it's roast beef, isn't Pickled it? Pickled onion. Right. No. Okay. Right. Well, let's get into it. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is proper quality audio entertainment. Roast beef is the best because it tastes like beef. Pickled onion kind of tastes like pickle. If it's awful, it's all vinegary. Wait, and yeah, but I, I like that. I, I like strong flavors. Well, stuff, what do you mean so. it tastes like pickle? It tastes like you know, like the. Vinegar in the pickle, like it's that. Taste okay. you can taste that like pickled onions taste like. Okay. Can, can we agree that the worst one is the one he's eating right now, which is flaming, flaming hot? hot. I'm quite, I'm quite I mean, worst, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's you know. It's I'm, like I'm not saying, got a problem with. I mean, you hot. did take two of them off me when you well, said yeah, you're okay, only take one. Got, all right, let's 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 do this now then. Fine. <laughs> I've not got a problem. I've not got a problem with flaming hot, but it's just not the best one, is it? It's kind of like it's it's Neymar in the Barcelona strike force. It's the third oh. best, but take it away and it's just not the same. There you go. It's it's Neymar. Oh. Or who's who's replaced him now? Who's there now? Paulinho. Uh, it's Paulinho. It's the Paulinho. Yeah, because of- Dembele's not getting played because he's out of shape. Yeah, because he can't do kick ups. Yeah. That went well. Can you hear me masticating on the air? Yeah. Okay. I've told you, you should you should masticate before the show, not during the show. <laughs> All for that one joke. Yeah, that's I've right. Got two packets of crisps just for that one joke. There you go. Well worth it. Let's let's get started. So we remember last week we talked about there was a wrestling promotion coming to uh, coming to five. Uh, sorry, oh, I've given it away now. And coming to free sports. Oh yeah. So we found out who it was earlier on in the week. It's PCW. Oh, at least it was. <laughs> except it's not. <laughs> Oh, so that's I mean, a shame. you know, yeah, I'm really upset for them. I mean, I mean, ha- in this case, like, this is one of the only cases where PCW is the preferred choice. Right, I'll stop you there. I'll stop you there. Here we go. Do you remember when Adolf Hitler killed all them Jews? What? Right. Whoa. Okay. Right. What's the rule? There's a rule. Yeah. Godwin's you, you, law. Godwin's law. You can't. What? You can't bring up Hitler in an argument. You've Godwin's law. It five minutes into the show. What? I've never God- heard of. Go- it, it, it's it is the rule, Godwin's like, law, isn't it? It's sort what? of like if you bring Hitler up in an like every argument eventually. Hitler is brought up, and if you bring Hitler up, you instantly lose. Yeah. That's All right. So Donald Trump, right? And he wants to build, up, build a wall, <laughs> right? The same thing, aren't they? No. In a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't but know like, if you can legally say right, that on just air. because you because you've had a history of bad, you've done a history of badness, um, and then. You, there's one thing that makes you look good. Doesn't erase all the history of the badness that you've done, does it? <laughs> Are you, are you are you actually a poet? Because like I mean, history of badness. Is I know. Just like, that's, it, yeah. It, but then it's it's more, the other side of it is just the history. It's like it's so it's Donald Trump, but then Mike Pence has stood behind him here. And Mike Pence has got in in control. Right. So they're both as bad as each other. Mike Pence is worse. Donald Trump's a megalomaniac. Do, Mike Pence is genuine evil. Yeah. Uh, Didn't the owner of PCW go to a fan's house with Chris, the masterpiece <laughs> masters? Yeah. No? In, a, in a pure Donald Trump move. That's, yeah, a, that's a Donald Trump move. That's that. definitely a Donald Trump move. Whereas Five Star, it just you know, 
something bad goes wrong, so they blame it on terrorism. Well, yeah, but they were going to bring CM Punk back. Uh, yeah, well, he's the only re- he's the only wrestler yet who I think has confirmed hasn't confirmed that he's not going to work for him. So that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to do a 128 man tournament with you know when most of it's going to be proper awful wrestlers on this tournament. Can still- we just like stop it with tournaments? Are they still doing the tournament? I thought they cancelled the tournament. They're doing weekly arena shows, so yeah. they need something to bring you in. Because even though, it's like, as much as people made fun, like I think I even did it first off about the What Culture sixty four man tournament. Like that ended up pretty good at the end, but well, yeah. we're talking about any kind of fucking lore here, we just talk about fucking what culture on air. Oh uh, yeah, in a non-negative way. Isn't that it? Isn't that it for you? Are you done? Yeah, I guess so. Oh no. Does that mean we've got to record it on your laptop, or does oh. he just sit there without a microphone? Well, I mean, you know what happened when we tried to record it last time? It took us about three hours to get it all done. We had the wrong, we had the wrong settings, <laughs> and then like I think you can hear my tortoise in the background for most of it. Oh. So no. I think I think we might have to make Dan exempt from it, yep. but that doesn't mean you can do it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, right, like, right, to get back to the actual right. So we talked about Donald yeah. Trump and Monster Bunch so far on this fantastic wrestling related podcast. Got a long day ahead. I don't it's think it's gonna be fun. I don't think anything exciting's happened in wrestling this week though. Well, are you kidding? I've got a pretty big list. My but po- like this thing. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. To come back to it, my point was that it must be really upsetting for PCW to be promised something and then not have it delivered to them. <laughs> I mean, can you even? I, I bet they've got no concept whatsoever what that might be about. No. Have they blocked us on Twitter yet? Because I imagine if we mention this at all, they will. Uh, well, I've not mentioned on Twitter, but I can get on that if you want. Right. Well, yeah, you get you get because you are already blocked by most people. Yeah. So. <laughs> if you've not blocked Daryl, make sure you do because like, it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. Daryl's so, got one like one Twitter timeline, and it's our account. It's just <laughs> I thought other people were on Twitter. Oh no, they've all blocked me. So like the funny thing about Five Star being on TV, we all watched the program they put out earlier on this year, which was kind of shit. From the from what from the Dundee Ice Arena, what could possibly? Yeah, be the shit one where that? they couldn't even be bothered to move fans around to make it look full. Was was it live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was. Yeah. yeah, and it was in Dundee. Yeah. That, Did you notice his accent came out when he said Dundee? <laughs> you can't say Dundee with an English accent. It has to be said Dundee. It has to be clear how bad Dundee is. <laughs> but yeah so five star thing and everyone's just kind of jumped on them rightfully so because they claim that their poor ticket sales wasn't the reason for their arena tour getting cancelled that it was the terrorist attack on manchester arena with a bunch of fucking scumbags what a coincidence that was also don't forget how much grit and determination they've put in after two years of grit and determination hard work finally pays off is what they tweeted this week right they managed to only draw like a quarter of the capacity for a venue that had Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. Yeah, let's remind let's remind people of this, right? We were in Sheffield, all in Sheffield, not doing anything on the night that AJ Styles was facing Rey Mysterio at the Sheffield Arena, and we didn't go. Yeah, that that like that that it's should like very that's expensive. A, that's well, is that not only expensive but a bad company in general? That's the sort of match that you would travel somewhere to see if you knew you were going to get it dealt, and if you knew it was going to be. A reasonable price we wouldn't even touch it no there's still i still see posters you know old posters for that line about around around city center yeah but wrestling <laughs> posters just last forever don't they i think this i think if you if you go through liverpool you'll still find posters for the king of europe cup somewhere you don't really see posters for south side though which is kind of annoying <laughs> yeah uh, not here um they're all on corp I, I i went i went to visit um girlfriend's family 
uh, down down south somewhere. And, oh yeah, uh, the postal. There were loads there. of posters around. Yeah. Yeah, but and then she said, "Do you want to go?" I went, "Do I fuck?" You know, they're, <laughs> they're running in November again. Do I want Sheffield. to see Billy Gunn? No, I saw him at Corp. <laughs> no, you've seen Dolph Ziggler already. What's the point? <laughs> Sorry about Corp, dearo. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's safe to say how this is going to end up. But Free Sports have been defending it as well. Did you see Free Sports' splendid defence of this? They, they had went, an argument with Jimmy Havoc. They had a, well, they had an argument with Jimmy Havoc <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you tell me about this. I didn't see it. Yeah, so they had an argument with Jimmy Havoc on Twitter, and someone made the point to them that. Five star have got a terrible ha- pa- pass of just not delivering, and they went, "Oh well, you know, we never know. I think we should give him a chance." I mean, Jose Mourinho used to be really good at football manager in his teens. That in was his teens, thing. also, yeah. which aside from anything else, is a lie. Yeah, because Jimmy Havoc instantly came back and said, "Oh well, fair enough." By the way, uh, Mourinho was twenty nine when Championship Manager was first released. <laughs> released, never, but like, literally <laughs> not even possible. So. I don't even understand the argument. It was Jimmy Havoc originally said. No, no, but I mean like three sports are going, oh, um, just because they're scumbags, like (laughs) Jose Mourinho can play computer games. It was the... It doesn't make make sense. Maybe Jimmy Havoc said, maybe you should choose a wrestling company that has someone involved in wrestling rather than a bunch of game developers who think they're wrestling promoters. Right. And that's when the Jose Mourinho comment came out. So I think their excuse, like, I'm trying to think the parallel that they were doing was, oh, well... He was good at doing something uh, that then led into him being really good at the actual thing. Okay. So that makes it okay to sign up a company with a proven failure track record to your TV deal. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's a strange situation where, you know, on one hand, at least PCW didn't get the deal because, <laughs> frankly, they don't deserve it unless they're going to deliver what they should be delivering to their customers. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, they've yeah, like they say, they've they've... They've traded one prick in for an even bigger prick. I want to know the true story of what actually happened, though, because PCW made the announcement, and then a few days later... They they had a verbal agreement, and that's when they started announcing Uh, stuff. So they they announced it before anything got signed. Yeah, and then Five Star came in and said, (laughs) well, we can offer you arena shows. And they're, oh, arenas? That'll look way better than some nightclub. It will, though. Because they'll die. But will it if no one's in it? Think about the Five Star TV show. Yeah, that looks all right. Like, just what? It looked all right. And you wind up. It was in Dundee. <laughs> Half the crowd was <laughs> dead. Dundee again. <laughs> Half the crowd was empty. Like it looked really bad because it was like half empty and stuff. Whereas shows in nightclubs and stuff, it looks rammed and it's got a different atmosphere and it's quite good. Have you seen the show in Corp? Yeah, that's, that's Corp though, isn't it? Yeah, PCW don't go to PCW don't go to Corp. Say what say what you like about PCW, they don't go to Corp well, at least. When you when you see <laughs> the footage eventually of the show I went to at the plug which was okay. a completely different atmosphere and stuff. That looked amazing. It was very small. Yeah. And it's that tight atmosphere and stuff, and it creates excitement around everything that's going on in the ring. And Progress is the best example of it, and the fact that they can translate that to they're going to be at Ali Pali on the day that the show's released. Like, that's big stuff. Like, there's so much great wrestling around, and it's just a shame that British wrestling is going to be demonstrated on, Brit- on TV uh, like with quite a wide market. With by five star who were absolute garbage on their previous attempt. That's basically what it comes down to for me, right? For as much, it's clear. <laughs> I don't think I have to make it much clearer that I don't like PCW, but at least they have some record of success on some level. Yeah. Whereas, and even if even if you'd said even if you'd said PCW, I think I still probably probably wouldn't happy because there's so many successful companies that they could have gone to. Now I'm not saying you know it's every chance that maybe I don't know the full situation. It's every chance that they might have gone to progress and progress are like we're not we're not interested or we don't we can't be involved. Yeah. 
But there are so many other companies that have a track record of at least filling the buildings that they provide they're providing entertainment to. Yeah, I'm quite I'm quite shocked they didn't actually go for what culture pro wrestling. Yeah, that's a bit I mean because I just I feel like as much as we slag them off, they do regular shows, the production values aren't too bad. I'd say they they've got either equal to or the best production values in the UK. Do you know what they should have done? Should have got in touch with Will Cooling and said, <laughs> Will, Will, mate, we, we're desperate. We need an expert on British TV. <laughs> Who should we go for? And it'd be like, Rev Pro. Well, you can't go for Rev Pro because Sky Sports is going to sign Rev oh, Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Can't go for Rev Pro. But uh, why not sign up ICW? That'll work, right? What do you mean they're not interested? Well, don't worry about it. I've got loads of, I've got loads of great suggestions. I know how British TV works. <laughs> I'm venting on Will Cooling again. Yeah. If he ever if he ever listens to this show, we're screwed. Why? Because he'll have a go at me on Twitter and he follows me and I've got I'll I've, fight him. Will you? Can I have an MMA match with him? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'll definitely go Because <laughs> it was the anniversary this week. It was yeah. the anniversary, yeah. Right? yeah. We're not even gonna mention it, yeah. but that you know, that's a little shout out to one particular. I've got something to add to the uh schedule that we've not put on, but go I think on. it's worth talking about. WWE announced that they're gonna do Raw and SmackDown on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. What a bunch of live. bastards. What a bunch of bastards. Right, yeah. Um, I've seen so many different excuses for this. Like, oh, Christmas doesn't matter as much in America as Thanksgiving does. Oh, yeah, but they'll be working on Thanksgiving anyway. Uh, what's point? No one's going to watch it. Yeah. Like led, Now, what I've read is, don't know how true this is, I've read that it's USA that are pushing this rather than WWE. Yeah, but I feel like for the, all the content WWE gives them, they could say, do you know what? These wrestlers are on road like 300 plus days a year. Let's just give them a day where they can be with a fucking family. Well, exactly. I mean, I've seen the excuse used as well that, oh, the NBA has matches on Christmas Day. Yeah, but the NBA is an off season. Yeah. They go off for a while. And hmm. yeah, I agree completely. Like, it's a point that's been made many times, but I think the fact that wrestlers go through so much of this stuff anyway, to then take them away from the families on Christmas Day and to a lesser extent, New Year's Day as well. Yeah. It's just, it's a dick move, really. And whoever whoever was in charge of authorising it, they just, I mean, there's got to be some room for compassion in there somewhere, hasn't there? You know what day they announced it on? Yeah, Labour Day. Labour Day. So, <laughs> Which is a day to celebrate, you know, hardworking people. Yeah. <laughs> some irony there. So, so do you think do you think they're going to do a big, big match, or do you think it'll be a throwaway show? It'll be fucking pointless like most episodes of Raw. It's definitely going to be, all right, okay, Raw's <laughs> been all right recently. Well, not, all right. not super recently, but yeah. it'll be a three-hour Christmas bonanza. Do you remember that time they had Alberto Del Rio run over Santa? <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that. Well, also, I'm thinking, is it going to be like that? Yeah. Or is it just going to be, or do you think they'll build up like one big match to do on Christmas Day? <sighs> they'll have a Christmas meal food fight. Oh, they'll definitely do that. Oh, yeah, they'll do all that bullshit. But I would hope, I've got to say, right, I would Santa hope... Santa Oh, no, we can't, no. No, not really, no. Oh, awesome. remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, but... We Santa, think of Lance Storm when Santa you, Mix comes back. <laughs> <laughs> think of Lance Storm. That was his acquaintance you're talking about, okay? <laughs> Don't talk about his not very good acquaintance like that. Santa Foley's coming back. So, oh, oh, yeah, he'll definitely be back by then, won't he? I bet the minute he had the... Can we not diss Mick Foley? He's still got you blocked on Twitter, hasn't he? He done? has, but I'm trying to get in there with no elf hole. I've been following on Instagram lately, and uh, I think I'm in weird shot. Really? Yeah. Why is she split with a clown? Well, that's the thing. She's dating a clown. Like, <laughs> anything's an upgrade. So, but maybe know. he'll, like, get drawn away this weekend, considering it was released. And, e exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, they'll lose them out. And that's when I can send her some pictures and pop vinyls, and 
she's mine. <laughs> she's lovely. Is she into pop vinyls? Is that a oh, thing? Oh, she fucking loves them, yeah. Okay, she right. likes pop vinyls and She basically, her Instagram is like bikini pics and pop vinyls. I just go past pop vinyls. Do you know what? I've got to say that sounds like Daryl's ideal Instagram account. It's it's all right. <laughs> He's just sending her comments like, let me get up in them guts and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Whoa, okay. Wow, that was... Right. But, That's the type of comment you see on these girls' Instagram f- profiles. No, I've read some of the comments and they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> they're absolutely awful. Like, I'm, I'm sick in Ed, but like she's she's in a bikini, right? And she's an attractive lady. Like uh, all joking aside, like I'm clearly not trying to get in her DMs, but like she's she's an attractive lady. And then they're always going, "You're fat," and it's like she's not fat. And then can you? I imagine? thought we were going to be like tribute pics and stuff like that. No, that, that like people go savage on like calling her a hoe and stuff like that. But then if you go in like any girls like. Um, Instagram. Well, like, we had this with uh, Jojo when the stuff came out about her and Bray Wyatt, and we went through her Instagram comments, and yeah. we were just like horrified yeah. by the like the race baiting. That was the worst bit. Like there was people calling her a, a, well, like, well, shall we a not shame to her race oh, and stuff. Okay. Like, Thank God. yeah, I really, I really yeah, got so right. You've not got much time to edit, so don't you? No, nah, I'm not going to go it's too very far. Very rare yeah. that I get worried when Dan starts to talk, but that was one rare occasion. I mean, I was going to set up an opening contest one week where it was guess the guess the woman by her Instagram comments, but I felt oh. like it were a bit too. Oh like, God! Yeah, <laughs> it might, we might do it in the future, but maybe if we get some safer safer air comments, <laughs> no yeah. race baiting. They're still that. upsetting, but they're not. Yeah, they're not so offensive that it makes the people want to cut themselves. <laughs> so I. <laughs> To, to bring this to a, to a close, I do hope they do like a big match on Christmas Day because then at least the talent might feel like it's been worthwhile of being there. But The coronation I mean, of Roman Reigns. Well, there's just no reason. Oh. oh, yeah, they did that last they time. They should have they? a box because everybody's instantly over when they come out of a box. Oh, yeah. Wrapped up in wrapping paper. Uh-huh. And coming out of it is Chainsaw Charlie but dressed as Santa. <laughs> Why? Why not? That, that's where the whole story comes from originally. Really? A joke. Yeah, um, that was the whole thing where it was how should we debut Terry Funk's Chainsaw Charlie? It was because anyone coming out of a box is over, instantly over. <laughs> I didn't know that he came out of a box. But yeah. That whole Chainsaw Charlie it, was his idea. Is that as Jim well. Cornette one? That. Just Jim Cornette. Yeah, yeah. Jim Cornette like, right, says okay. anyone who comes out of a box is instantly over. Oh, we're, not, we're not going by Jim Cornette's wisdom, are we? No. Well, he's he's in, back in GFW, by the way. He's in TNA, isn't he? Oh, well, is he, though? Because, like, <laughs> by the time this show comes out, they might be dead again. So oh, we'll yeah. find that out. A couple of things. First thing I think that's important to mention is that they renewed their pop TV deal, the deal that they've explicitly said before they were looking to get away from because they get no money from it. So that's now renewed. Uh, as we know, they've taped all the way through November. Yeah. So they've taped all the way up to the biggest pay-per-view already. So that's set up. More important than that, though, is... so. We know that Jeff Jarrett owns the GFW name, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Right, you remember because it was his company beforehand, whatever. So Anthem came in. Do you think they bought it off him? Well, you'd, you'd think the would. I mean, you would, want, you would want to own the name of the company. No. No? No. But at least Jeff is still in the company, isn't he? Is he? No. Oh. So what's that? What, what they're called now? Owl. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a chance they might have to find another name, depending on what happens. They're, Nobody seems to be completely sure on what's happened. We think Jeff Jarrett's got some serious ish- issues, which I mean, like there's a, there's a <laughs> don't do that gesture at me, Daryl, for God's sake. No, I was just there's a great you know there's I'm not going to go into the specific issues of what might be going on with Jeff Jarrett, but the point is the guy who owns their name is now possibly out of the company, definitely off uh, on a long term 
I don't know if it's a suspension or if he's just left the company for the time being. Uh, they've got Scott Demore booking again, which is actually probably a positive for them. But he's booking in association with a guy from Tough Enough. Yep. Big John. And yeah, but they're all books up, aren't they? Up to Bound for Glory anyway. Yeah, but past that, they've got nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, the question, and apparently, I don't know how true this is, but, you know, I'm happy to pretend it's true. Anthem are already looking to sell. <laughs> funny that isn't it this canadian company that just swooped in and bought this failing wrestling company and suddenly they're going huh what's wrong with this company it's failing <laughs> what you bought it what you who's gonna buy it no one no hey literally like how, how have the ratings not improved their champion is eli drake oh that's right yeah i was about to say eddie edwards but no it's not no, him no he's, he's like japanese drake. champion isn't he? yeah he is yeah yeah but he was he was i mean this is the Edward, eddie edwards rule isn't it? yeah but he went and won the japanese title that gets a even smaller viewership than tna does uh, <laughs> or yeah. gfw <laughs> impact wrestling whatever we're gonna call so it. i know we we did a whole two episode stint about tna dying uh are we doing a two-episode stint about GFW dying? Cause... No, but I, do you know, um, I don't know if it's aired yet, but they're doing that pay-per-view for the, you know, the Global Force tapings. Yeah, oh, yeah. finally airing that stuff. I really want to see that and do oh. a show on that. I am excited about GFW like, Amped. Yeah, like we'll just do the best of Amped or the worst of Amped. <laughs> do you think, I think I've got... Phil nasty, Baroni versus Chael Sonnen on that, I believe. I've got a nasty yeah. feeling that's going to be cut out, you know, because I don't think they can afford to pay them. <laughs> You know now because obviously they'll need they'll have paid them for an appearance, but I bet there's other fees that will be involved in that. Yeah, and I bet they won't be able to afford it. So oh, that's a shame. Bobby Roode on it. Bobby Roode. <laughs> He's on SmackDown. Yeah, sort of. Not doing much. That's all. SmackDown <laughs> did. SmackDown wasn't there wasn't a great deal that happened on SmackDown this week, but Nakamura did beat Randy Orton and shock horror guys. Right, it's taken us until September. We actually have a good Randy Orton match for this year. We've had a good Randy Orton match, so there you oh, go. So it's only taken nine months. Yeah, and a good Shinsuke Nakamura match. Okay. So, two in one, innit? Yeah, the Cena match weren't that, that bad. Oh, that's true, yeah. the Cena match yeah. with Shinsuke Nakamura was Just everyone good. kind of cringe when he dropped him on his head. Yeah, you're right. Well, learn to bump Cena, mate. No, well, <laughs> also on SmackDown this week, it's a big show. Vince McMahon's back because Shane's got Shane suspended so he could wrestle. How do you feel about that? Because you fucking love it when Vince and Shane are all on and oh, Stephanie and I'm, I'm, Linda. I'm, let's be honest. I, I'm just going to read the results like I always do and not bother watching most SmackDown of it, so. this week, by the, by the way, I think part of the reason they've got Vince back on SmackDown next week is football's back now. Yeah. So Raw's going to take a hit, but they don't have football on Tuesdays. So they may be trying... It's actually quite a logical way of thinking things. It's going, right, we know we're going to get a kick in on from Monday Night Football. Why don't we try and boost SmackDown a bit up so it sort of evens out a little bit? And then they can use that in the sort of SmackDown versus Raw thing, leading up into Survivor Series. I'd imagine there'll be something like that. So I'm actually quite all right with that in terms of thinking yeah. about... Because if they just chucked Vince on Raw, well, it's a waste of time. Hmm. But the weird thing on SmackDown is that they seem to be heavily focused on just like horrible angles that make people come across like massive twats. Yeah. Oh, Kevin Owens. Are we going to bring up that one? I've not seen or heard anything that happened on SmackDown, so we uh, can't talk in code. Right, so Kevin Owens basically said that uh, Shane McMahon's whole family would have been better off if he'd died in a helicopter crash. Oh, a bit harsh. Yeah, yeah. like... And that, then That's not the worst thing on SmackDown this week. Where what, the, what's the worst thing on SmackDown? Are we talking week? about um, it, Carmella? Yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Oh, God. Oh, I don't even want to give him the time. 
I'll briefly explain okay. to you what happened, Daryl. Basically, Dolph Ziggler's new gimmick is that he, you remember how he's had this promos for the last couple of weeks that he hates everything else and he's like, oh, I'm the best in the ring, but all, all you want is flashy stuff. Yeah. So he came out to his own music and then I was like, oh, you don't like this. What if I did this instead? Went away. John Cena's music came out. He came out with a cap on, chucked into the crown. Oh, you don't even like this. Do you know what if I, what if I went all nostalgic on you? Came out to Randy Savage's music with a woman on his arm and he's like, oh, you, you don't like me when I do this either, do you? Oh, I'm going to go away again. They came out again. Right, this, several times we're having to see Dolph Ziggler's fucking entrance. I don't even know who he's making an entrance for because there's no one in the ring for him to fight. Uh, comes out with, you know, the Naomi Dayglow thing going yeah. on. Uh, couldn't even do like a funny parody of that. And he's like, oh, um, oh everyone's, everyone's. Anyone can I'm, do this. Every, anyone can do this, but I'm the best in the ring. Anyway, I'm going now. Bye. He sounds like a Poundland Charlie Haas. Yeah, he does sound like a Poundland Charlie Haas. So, I mean, I, d- I don't want to talk about Dolph Ziggler anymore. I'm not interested in that. And the only other thing I was briefly going to mention is they did an angle with Carmella where she split up with Ellsworth in the ring, said, oh, I can't remember what it was, but they basically they had two times this week where they said horrible lines that seemed like they were just in there to shock people. Uh, and then backstage, James Ellsworth was like, oh, don't leave. And then she she snogged him, which I think is the first time they've done that. And they slapped him in the face. And she was like, right, we're doing it my way now. Yeah, you so know why they did that? Why? Because literally this weekend, she was posting a bunch of photos because her and Cass had moved into their first house together. <laughs> <laughs> and there was photos of him on the doorstep looking all happy and everything. So How is he on the doorstep? It. Is he on the doorstep with crutches and that? Yeah, because you can like stand still and stuff. He couldn't even stand to do an elbow. He can stand now because he's had surgery to fix some of it, but it's all the rehab stuff afterwards. But it's them two oh. stood on the doorstep, like, happy and stuff. So someone's seen that and gone, how dare they be happy with someone we've not put them in storyline with? You're snogging <laughs> Ellsworth. Yeah, they get annoyed about that. Dave Meltzer talked about the snogging thing, and uh, he was really confused why somebody would get slapped and then get kissed. And uh, I was like, well, some people are into that, Dave. Yeah, I don't think he knows about that, though. And if he doesn't know about it, you, get, you know how upset he gets. <laughs> If you don't understand it, nope, didn't make sense. I don't understand, nope. I sat and watched Dave Meltzer on Officer and a Gentleman this week. I've downloaded that, I haven't oh, seen it. What, what's that? What it's is it? uh, it's Chuck like... Taylor's like chat show he does on the High Spots Network, and oh. it's literally in a hotel room after PWG with Ricochet, Mark Haskins, and there's a bunch of people behind the camera, and it's them just talking about wrestling for an hour and a half. Is it bad it's... that I'm slightly disappointed because I thought it was well, Dave Meltzer watching the film An Officer I, I and a was... Gentleman and getting confused? <laughs> I was, I was a bit sad because normally An Officer and a Gentleman, they ask questions like, do you wipe sitting or standing and stuff? And they didn't go that far with Meltzer. Oh, can you imagine his weird reaction to that? But He's that was the thing. Like, out. Dan Barry, who's the other guy on it, um, he continually makes jokes about the fact Meltzer doesn't know who he is. And Meltzer's <laughs> just like, yeah, I know who you are. Uh, and just like not getting the jokes a lot of the time, it's it's good. Right, like, in terms of just the general conversation, was it? Were you looking really buff in it? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a bit at the end where they're trying to get into flex, and he won't. But and then he eventually does, and it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know what? Right. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned Meltzer being a hypocrite a few times, but I think this is the most amusing part of it is because he always gets so annoyed when Vince is like. You remember when Vince had his muscle and fitness cover, and yeah. I think he's now at the age that Vince was when he was on muscle and fitness. <laughs> And he looked at least as buff. So, yeah, well done, Big Dave. Let's move on then, because I don't want to talk about Carmella anymore. I want to talk about some proper wins wrestling. The May Young Classic. Yeah. Well, that's the final is on yeah. Tuesday. Well, they've... On the SmackDown taping. They put two weeks in a row, they put four weeks up, four episodes up at a time. Yeah. And I thought that'd be kind of like a death knell for it, where it's like, okay, here's everything. No one's going to bother watching it. It's the top eight 
on the network right now is the eight episodes of the Mae Young Classic. Seems to have gone like, well. Yeah, people really are into it. Um, I've managed to watch the first six episodes. I need to watch the final two. And so far, there's there's been some shit on it. Like, <laughs> in terms of the quality compared to the Cruiserweight Classic, some isn't there, but some matches really step it up. Um, what about Paul Ellering's daughter, who's not called Rachel Ellering for some well, reason? Well, she was in the match with Marty Bell on it, who used to be in TNA. Mm-hmm. and that match uh, Marty Bell was so bad they switched the finish to Rachel Evers winning yes. the match um, and you got a good match with her and Abby Leif after that that was really good um, Abby Leif versus Jazzy Gabert was really good um, Tony Storm's match in the first round I can't remember who she was against now which one's the one that looks like Trish Stratus oh is that uh, Rhea Ripley might be or Lacey Evans mm, Lacey Evans like we were watching today she was against Tony Storm in the quarterfinals she should be on the main roster already fair enough like in terms of, I, I was comparing her to Lana because I think she's not only better looking than Lana, but her backstory is better and she can wrestle because she's incredibly attractive. She's athletic. She's got like the Charlotte body to it. She's a former Marine and she's a great wrestler. Like, how would they not market her already? Like, surely after this tournament, she's going to be massive on NXT and stuff. She's really good. Um, the other one, uh, Ka- Carrie Sane's been kind of one of the stars of it. Uh, all her matches have been really great. Uh, Shayna Baszler has been like she's the person they're building. Yeah. So what the, the I, first of all, if you if you don't want to know the results of the May Young Classic, just skip ahead by like two minutes. Yep. But uh, the, what they're building to essentially is the final on Tuesday is Shayna Baszler, isn't it? Shayna yeah, Baszler versus Carrie. Uh, Carrie. Uh, see, I keep cocking up the pronunciation of the name because I'm okay. terrible at pronunciations. Carrie Sane, I'll just say. More to the point, anyway. She's, that's not really the focus, though, is it? No. Because it's... they shot an angle with only bloody Ronda Rousey, isn't it? Yeah. Like actual Ronda Rousey off of off of MMA and that. Uh, my interest is peaked. Exactly. So, all right. Well, put peak away for us. You, you need to see the promo that she did backstage where it's uh, her, Jessamine Duke, and Maria Schaefer. I'm not being funny. They're a bit like take that, aren't they? It's like Gary Barlow, <laughs> Gary Barlow and backing band, isn't it? Why yeah. are you doing take that metaphors again? You just bring a take that up every week. Well, so like, you just have a little patience that, to bear with me, mate. <laughs> that Maria Schaefer, she's been on NXT a lot because she's Roderick Strong's wife and she works for NXT. Okay. So I think she's like a physiotherapist there or something. I think she might and, be, yeah. Yeah, so she's involved there anyway and they've been pushing her like one way and now it's all of a sudden, oh yeah, she's in the Four Horsemen. She's kind of... Four Horsewomen. False women in the like bad guy group to go against the WB or NXT version of the four horse women. Well, this is the thing, and like the awkward promo. The MMA girls were referring to themselves as the four horse women, weren't mm. they? But then WWE have constantly referred to Charlotte and her mates as the four horse women, and that's what it's building to. They're building to probably at Survivor Series, we yeah. think maybe some kind of four and four. Yeah, which actually I'm quite interested in. But the only issue. Whether it is, and well, I guess we'll find out on Tuesday whether this has been resolved. Sasha Banks is supposed to go on the WWE tour, and unless she, like, I think they're going to Australia or something. Mm. They're off to a tour anyway, and basically, unless she goes like a day late, which no one seems to know if she's doing it or not, she might not be there on Tuesday. So there's a chance because we've only seen three of them so far. There's a chance they might not do a four for four and four, which wouldn't make sense. But I guess it we'll might because I don't think that Maria Schaefer's wrestled at all. Jessamine Dukes had one or two matches dotted around, but nothing major. Yeah, but... And, but then Ronda hasn't, but Ronda has to be in it, really, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, but, like, they, they did use, like, Hart family 
matches and shit, didn't they? With like all hearts outside at ring, and that one of them looked, yeah, looked like a fucking like dickhead. They, they all yeah, wrestled. Hart. It's always Bruce yeah. Hart. They all wrestled at some point. Uh, they, it were Bruce. It was was he wearing his sunglasses? No, the one, the one that looks exactly <laughs> like Stu. The one looks exactly like Stu. Smith Hart. Yeah, Smith, yeah, Smith Hart. Yeah. yeah, like he don't like his wrestled a day in his life. He, he's he wrestled before Brett. He trained Chris Jericho, if you listen to him. All oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, like... Well, him and Bruce were the trainers of the Hart Family Dungeon, weren't they? Yeah, like, they weren't, though, were they? They were the ones that were like, look, we've got the Hart Brothers wrestling camp. We're the yeah. Hart Brothers. Right, now you're going to get taught by this other man. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like... The way it should go, I think, carries... Carrie, uh, Jay Leno had a match. Yeah, Jay Leno had a match. All right, okay. I, I was yeah. racking my brain. Can I apologise to everyone for the fact that Jarrell just shouted that in your ears? <laughs> Kyrie, or however you pronounce it, I feel like she should be the one to win the tournament, but it'll be Shayna Baszler. Well, it could be her uh, if the 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 wrestling four horse women cost her it, couldn't it? Yeah, but do you want to like fuck the whole tournament up with like a fuck finish? Yeah, um, it's WWE, so I don't think they care. Yeah, I mean, and this one is happening on the main roster, isn't it? So Where's Vin- it? Vince is going to be there for that one. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no, they're, they're taping it at SmackDown on that's Tuesday. That's Live, true. Yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, and Vince is going to be there because we know he's going to be there. Here's another question. So, with the winner of the uh, the tournament, do you put them in the mix for the NXT Women's Championship because it's now officially vacated by yeah. Asuka? I'd say it'll be her, like the winner of the tournament versus someone. So like um, have some four way or something, yeah. maybe It'd be like Ember Moon and um, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce and all them or Nikki something. Cross. Storm, yeah. whatever she's called now. Ruby Riot. I think we should have another tournament. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, but everyone loves tournaments. Do you have a war game? You could have a 128 woman tournament. Yeah. Across all the arenas in England. Yeah. And none of them could happen. Final in Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Dundee. Don't mean Dundee. That's what I meant. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, we talked about last week. We said we watched the last, sorry, the first ever Nitro last week, and we said mm. we were interested in doing. Something about war games. Now, I've never watched a single war games match before this week. So, to celebrate the fact that we talked about that last week, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some war games matches after this. We're talking about war games on the Royal Grumble. This is the... the now, Dan, could you give us a, a, a bit of a clear idea of what war games is? Well, I'll try and give a clearer idea than the list of rules they gave before each one. Because <laughs> the one thing I took from, main, from all the matches I watched was when they give the instructions, they do it in the most complicated way possible. Because surely it's easy to just say, the idea of war games is... the like. The main war games match is two rings with a cage around it. And it's two teams. Sometimes it's teams of five. Sometimes it's teams of four. And the idea is you get two men in the ring to start it for five minutes. And then every two minutes after that, someone new comes in. Normally, one, like one team will get an advantage. So it'll be... Bad I wonder which, which team gets the advantage yeah. done. Until everyone's in the yeah. ring and then the match beyond begins, which is a match that can only be ended by submission. Or submission or surrender, as yeah. they keep saying which, on which that. Which are 
totally the different same thing. to each other. Yeah. The same thing. So yeah, the War Games match, it was an idea Dusty Rhodes came up with while watching his girlfriend, Tina Turner, as yeah. he puts it on the War Games collection on the network. What? Yeah, he, he says, my girlfriend, Tina Turner. Yeah. And he was watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome when he saw Amazing. the Thunderdome and came up with the idea for War Games. And it was also from hockey, uh, from watching um, like NHL games whenever there's a penalty and one team's like, it's five on four or five on three. And he liked that idea of yeah. the advantage in fighting up against it. And he thought it'd be the perfect way to take down, like take on the horsemen. And then we got the first ever War Games match at the Great American Bash on July 4th, 1987. July 4th, 1987. So, participants in this War Games match. First of all, is it five on five or four on four? It is five on five. It is the team. It's the four horsemen. Um, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger and Tully Blanchard with James J. Dillon. I know, that's interesting. Yeah, he's it? wrestling in there. Well, it makes sense because... The opposite team is Nikolai Volkov, uh, Nikolai Koloff, Nikita, uh, Nikita Koloff, Koloff yeah, even, uh, Dusty not Rhodes. Not Nikolai Volkov yeah. at all. He would not be any good in no. this type of match or any match. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, the Road Warriors, Hawking Animal, and Paul Ellering, their manager, Paul Ellering. who was fucking ripped. Yeah? Like, he was... Back when you could just do roids whenever you want, though. Yeah, he? he was... He, like, I thought, oh, it's Paul Ellering. Like, it's... Well, JJ Dillon's in this match. Like, no, Paul Ellering looks like the other wrestlers whereas James J. Dillon in his little trunks looking really like porky and stuff it's just crazy thing so with most war games matches Daryl's already made the reference the bad guys normally win the coin toss so they have both teams around the cage at all times and it's two men starting who starts for the horseman uh, for the horseman it was was it Arn Anderson double A double A starts yep. for the horseman yeah. he's the enforcer double A Yep. Every match I've watched that's got the horseman in it, double A starts. Yep, he's the guy. Yeah. He spent most time in War Games matches, I believe. Yeah. I imagine he probably will have done, yeah. So you get the two men starting, and then after the five minutes, they do the coin toss then. Yeah, that's really a little bit odd, really. It, I guess it's it? to like, build up the suspense because the two guys are fighting and they're unsure of who will get the advantage. Yeah. I mean, after watching a few of these matches, you know who's getting the advantage of course you every do, single like, time. <laughs> But it's a nice idea, at least in terms there's of. There's only out. there's only one place where they would have the good guys win the <laughs> coin toss. I was going to mention this, but I'm glad you have. <laughs> TNA. TNA managed to do it wrong. Yeah, they did a war game style match where the good guys won the coin toss. Yep. Right. So how did that work out? Well, the good guys had the advantage every time. So imagine the suspense. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there was none. No, they just the good so guys the, then won. The underdogs overcome it. Was it the main event mafia? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. They did. Basically, at every lockdown, they did lethal lockdown. Well, yeah. maybe not everyone, but a lot of lockdowns, they did they lethal had the lockdowns. they roofed it, they lowered from the ceiling. Yes, they yeah. did, yeah, yeah, with the little sparklers and whatever. Yeah. Like, like at WCW had sort of sparkles and stuff coming off the cage, whatever, when it lowered, the whole thing lowered down. But TNA waited until they had wrestlers in the ring before they put the sparkles on yeah. to bring it down. <laughs> I must admit, I don't remember if it was the main event Mafia one, but I do remember the, the faces getting the man advantage. Yeah, the one big thing about this match of how it works and builds suspense so the first the weird thing as well about the first war games is they actually did the match four times in a year yeah so it became like because that was when they were still the, the great american bash was a tour wasn't yeah it, it, it was than... so they did the first one on july 4th but then they had another great american bash on july 31st where they did the exact same match I think this is probably oh, uh, it, actually it was the War Machine instead of James J. Dillon in that match, which was the Big Boss Man. Excellent, not War Machine. Who's on your wall right there? Yes, not the Ring of Honor tag team, former Ring of Honor tag team champions, War Machine. I think that's more about 
because at the time they were doing they were on the touring model though weren't they like yeah. I say it was a tour Great American Bash was a tour rather than just a single event this is pre-pay-per-view realistically isn't it yeah so we had in the first like two years like the next year they did the full Great American Bash tour and every night had a war games match which is crazy it's a bit mad isn't it because like these days if you get a gimmick match it'd have been like in 97 if they'd done Hell in the Cell the what like two times in a month and then the next year all summer done Hell in the Cell matches yeah it's basically these days if you get a gimmick match they sort of try and protect it at least at least to begin with and then obviously they make a pay-per-view and just do it every year yeah but, but this was WCW you can argue it was money. protected though because if they're in one city doing the match they go to the other city on the oh, tour yeah. and do the match oh no I'm not I'm not saying they didn't protect but what my point is that nowadays they couldn't they couldn't do something like that because if you get, say you go from I don't know what cities they were in it would have been like Atlanta and then maybe someone in Florida but because of the way communication is now, people would be like, well, we just saw that match last week on the... Yeah, boring. Boring yeah. double cage match. Boring <laughs> next. Give me three cages. <laughs> See it? Oh, we will. Don't you worry. We'll get three cages. This first 87 cage match was really enjoyable because it was a very typical WCW 80s style like feud ender almost, even though it wasn't. It, like They had tons of matches. But it, it felt a big deal where the, like, the horsemen had always taken control of it. And all the way through the match, it's them beating down the good guys until eventually it's five on five and the match beyond starts. And it's brutal. Like that last, like, it's only like five minutes when it gets to the match beyond part. But it's so brutal because that's how WCW did things. Cage matches were supposed to be bloody and everyone gets busted open. And they're targeting James J. Dillon because he's the weak link. So they eventually get him to submit to win the war, first War Games match. Um, it's funny because the horsemen have become quite synonymous with war games matches. They don't, relatively speaking, they haven't won that many. No. Because that's not the point of the match, is it, of course? In fact, if I look at the list, just as a quick spoiler, they did not win a war games match until, I think we're going to talk about that one next, actually. Well, there you go. So we 1991. Move on to 1991, so that's four years of a lot of more game, more games, war games matches in between. So the next one is 91, which was at Wrestle War, February 24th, and was the four horsemen of Ric Flair, Barry Windham, Sid Vicious, and Larry, Larry Zabisco. Very different lineup versus Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers. Now, this one gets remembered for a very specific reason, I would say. Yeah. So this match starts off with Brian Pillman, and who starts off for the four horsemen? I've lost the list again already. I think it's, is it Barry Windham? I think it might be Barry Windham. Yeah. 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 And Brian it's definitely Pillman not Flair, and it's definitely not Sid Vicious. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not. Read it's, the Horseman lineup again. It was Flair, Wyndham, Sid Vicious, and Larry Zabisco. Where's Double A? He was on the outside. He for was this the enforcer. Yeah. He was like the outside enforcer because after I a little while, he he sort of transitioned between that, didn't he? Yeah. I know he's still wrestling at this yeah. point, but yeah. like his neck injury was like up and down for like the whole nineties, pretty much. Okay. So yeah, this match, like Pillman's the star of this match, I think. Well, he has Pillman, to be, really. Yeah, like, Pillman is brilliant. He's arguably the best worker in the match anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, like, discounting Flair. So you put him in, he has to be sort of the, the workhorse to begin with, and it, he is the star of the show. And what's his reward for being the star of the show? <laughs> A severe neck injury. Sid forgets how tall he is, forgets his own height. Yeah, what happens? Uh, basically, well, I mean, if we're going to skip ahead to the ending... See, so yeah, during the end of the match, Sid tries to give him his power bomb, but the the cage is quite low. So yeah. of course, Pillman hits the top of the cage and then gets dropped right on his head. 
Oh, yeah. fucking lovely. Twice. Yep. It happens twice. Yep. And not content with, happen- with letting it happen once, it happens twice. Sid yeah. literally forgets how tall he is and doesn't have the mental capacity to take into account that if I put someone who's of a certain height above me, they might hit that thing that's above me. Yeah, but Sid is a known moron. Well, exactly. That's <laughs> my point. I like, I like telling yeah. this story. So <laughs> on, on a Nash shoot, he, uh, he tells a story that uh, Hogan's gone at this point, WWF, and Vince wants to bring Sid in. So he brings Sid in, he says, Sid, you're going to be a top babyface. And then he tells him all these plans, and Sid goes, yeah, but I want to be a heel. Phenomenal. Imagine that Vince McMahon what says, I want you to be the star of my company. And Sid's like, yeah, but I want to be a bad guy, don't I? You got any scissors? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has half the brain that you do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't forget. I have half the brain that you do. So this, this match follows the Let's usual. Let's do that one so. again. We're live. Oh, and I'm going yeah, <laughs> to fight you and whatever. So this one um, follows the, usual, the same type of pattern we've seen in war games matches previously. Bad guys win the coin toss. They're battling it out. Pillman's the big underdog baby face in this one. It's the road warriors and people coming in to save him. And eventually the numbers get... I think Flair comes in with the brass knucks, doesn't he? Yes, he does, And yeah. ha- takes people out. And it's left to El Gigante, <laughs> Giant Gonzalez, to come out and surrender the match on behalf of Brian Pillman. So this is the first one. Who was one. booking at this point? I'm not sure if this was pre-Watts, because when Bill Watts came in, Pillman disappeared. Actually, it might even be Flair at this point might be booking. I think 91 Flair was... Didn't Flair have the book when Foley was having that feud with Sting? And this is... That was a year or two after. It's a year after, right. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sort of losing track. It just uh, seems so yeah, really the, this one was weird. And it was the first time the bad... Literally the first time bad guys had ever won the War Games match and they'd been like 15 before yeah, this one. Yeah, across several different arenas by this point. Yeah, the horseman always got beat until this one. Do you know, I've got to say, it's really, it's really bizarre to me that they, they, would have had, they would have had to cart two rings around. Everywhere yeah. they would go. It's just a bit mad, isn't it? That's something we'll come back... When we get to the sort of the end of the topic, I want to talk a little bit about that because that's something I want to talk about in relation to what War Games could mean today. But I want to move on to talk about War Games 92. Now, this is often cited as the best War Games. Yeah. It's, it's funny, I mentioned earlier how intrinsically linked War Games and the Four Horsemen are, and yet arguably the best one doesn't actually feature the Four Horsemen in that guise whatsoever. No, it's their replacements. It's their replacements, <laughs> the old Dangerous Alliance. Read out it? the Dangerous Alliance lineup. Just the read it like Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Steve Austin, Larry Zabisco, and Rick Rude. Right, I don't really know much about Bobby Eaton, but all the others are fucking men. Yeah, it's yeah. A qual- <laughs> Bobby Eaton's still good as well, to be yeah, fair. It's yeah. a quality lineup. And Beautiful then, Bobby Eaton. And then you look at the, ta- the talent on the other side, which is Sting's... I want to say Squadron? Sting, Sting Squadron. squadron. Uh, I keep getting Sting, mixed up between that and Sting's Warriors, yeah. but Sting's Squadron. Sting, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, The Natural, uh, Ricky Steamboat, and Barry Windham. Just look at the talent that is on show there. Right, There's no weak link whatsoever, I think. No. Like, you could, you could, you could maybe take a few minutes and like settle it down, break it down, and go, he's less good than the rest of them, but there's no weak link in there whatsoever. No. You've got Heyman on the outside as well. Medusa is there as well. Yeah, climbing yeah. cage. Climbing the cage, yeah. <laughs> this match, right. I've never seen this match until this week. I've always heard hype about it. And for as much as I think anything like this, you know, years later, it maybe loses a little bit luster. This match is, what, 25 years old now? And it holds up in terms of tension, in terms of action in the ring. It holds up incredibly well. To I this think day. It's, it's almost like they've learned from previous war games what works and what doesn't. So they start off with the workhorses in this match. So is it Wyndham? Uh, no, it's Rhodes and Austin start it, isn't it? 
No, it's not Rhodes. Or Wyndham no. and Austin. Yeah, it's, it's Wyndham and Austin. Yeah, to begin so you've got with. the two like probably best workers in the match. Yeah, like, and I think they might even have been feuding at this point anyway. Yeah, of the or US title to feud. I think it was a TV title, was it not? Because Rick Rude. Oh yeah, a TV US title. Champ. Sorry, yeah. Rick Rude's the US champion at this time, and then Rude comes in. That's a sensible yeah. choice for the next one. It's funny. There's two or three guys in this that are still actually some way off of maybe even hitting their best gimmick. You look at Austin. Obviously, he's it, despite being really good at this point, he's still. You know, still five years off of becoming Stone Cold, four years off of becoming Stone Cold. You've got the natural Dustin Rose in there, still a few <laughs> years off of becoming it. And yet, this match just works so well between all of them. It's uh, it's the tension that I enjoyed more than yeah. anything because I I've heard a lot about this match, and I sort of, to be perfectly honest, you hear a lot about something after a while, you go right, well, it can't be that good. And I watched it, and maybe you know, maybe I feel like some people have hyped it up a little bit too much, but the way they keep the tension going, the way the but- Match keeps that pace up. Ricky Steamboat coming in as a fiery baby, baby face is fantastic. It's the idea as well, every time when it's uh, the bad guys coming in to get the advantage, they're not only one man up, they're also bringing a weapon in most of the time, like Paul Heyman's phone or try, like dismantling something, and they're cheating even though they've got the advantage. Whereas the baby face is coming to even the odds. Yeah, and was this the match? Cause I've watched a f- yeah, it was. Rick Rude took the top rope off, didn't he? Yeah, he, took the top, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Which plays the finish, into the finish, yeah. 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 Um, but the interesting thing is as well, they're talking about the Dangerous Alliance and Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura are in commentary here, which is great. Another interesting touch that I want to bring up, by the way, which is, I think it's a shame that the WWE don't really do it. I can understand why they don't do it, but is the, the whole thing of Shivani and Eric Bischoff being the hosts, like up far away from the ring and then up close, you've got your commentary team, a bit more like a boxing match sort of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, where like you've got the hosts that appear up top and then you've got the the actual commentators down in the ring. Like, like, like football. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like sports. Yeah, I think it just gives it an interesting feel. I don't know how well that would work today. You would need to find the right people. And I can understand why they might want to sort of cut on that in terms of you only have three people and that's it. Yeah. But uh, it just, it gives it a sort of a different dynamic. Yeah. That I think maybe is a little bit missing today. Um, and summers used to be warmer as well, didn't they? <laughs> 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 but... Um, I mean, like I say, the dynamic of this match is great. Sting, I believe, is the last man for yeah. his team. So you keep, you hold back and you hold back because you know he's the, sort of the ace player. And um, it's just the pace of the match just keeps going. I know I keep coming back to it, but the pace of the match keeps going. Uh, I like that sometimes even when the, um, when the heels are the ones that, you know, they've obviously got the advantage. I think, the, I think Dustin Rhodes at one point goes to cut Zabisco off when he comes yeah. in. Because he, he knows that they're suddenly with the man of Manchester. So he's like, if I can cut him off at the beginning, we've got a bit more of a chance. But then obviously the odds. The baby faces aren't dumb in it. That's yeah. what it is. Like compared to what we see a lot now, we've got smart baby faces who are thinking ahead of stuff and like, well, I'm going to get attacked from behind in a second. So I need to make sure I'm in this ring rather than that one because that's where they come in from and thinking and about all this stuff. They play out the psychology as well. The psychology is that Zabisco is dangerously close, no pun intended, to being kicked out of the Alliance. Um, he's like on his last legs and they're like they're almost lost their patience with him but he's brought Bobby Eaton in to be like their fifth member yeah and Bobby Eaton is eventually is the one who submits after yeah. Larry Zabisco accidentally hits him in the shoulder with the turnbuckle yeah he swings it like a baseball bat they, they, yeah. they literally you know when they take the turnbuckle pad off nowadays yeah you know, with this they literally I mean you know this already haven't seen it but they literally take the turnbuckle off he's holding it like a baseball bat and that with, plays uh, he's the, like swinging the hook part at him yep. and catches him in the shoulder with it and then Sting drags him down and puts him in an armbar and submits him yeah I must admit but before the match I expected it to finish with a scorpion deathlock yeah because I just thought well that's that's what you do but actually 
that idea of he smacks him in the arm, so Sting just jumps on that straight away. It builds into that sort of sporting build of it. Yeah, I think it makes makes sense to go for an armbar, doesn't it? Exactly, and I think that's part of the reason why overall it has a sporting feel to it, which I don't think is always necessary for wrestling, but it, when it's done well, it works. And I think this match definitely still holds up now. See here, ninety two, like we've said, it's the best War Games match. This is where War Games peaked. Yeah, I feel because. In future years, it wasn't used so much as a feud ender. It was kind of a step in the road. And this was the last one that wasn't at Fall Brawl. After this, every single War Games was at the Fall Brawl event, apart from one notable one. Um, this next one was the year after, and it's remembered more for what happened the week before. Okay. But I believe you watched this War Games. It's 93, yes. which is uh, Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat versus Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster. <laughs> the in-ring debut. He fell on his fucking ass. <laughs> the in-ring debut of the Shockmaster. Yeah, I'm not sure what the point of the Shockmaster is because he doesn't come down to the ring in his get-up that he had on when he fell on his fucking ass. It's going to shock everyone. <laughs> it, well, they kind of switched it from him being this menacing guy to a clump, uh, like fuck-up. Well, much. with a debut like that, what? What yeah. else do you do? He falls in What's the like, falls off his head. A, a very, very young Cody Rhodes sat watching the TV with his dad who booked that angle and was on screen for it. Saying, I think that was Uncle Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, right? First of all, can you imagine now if somebody came onto TV with a, with a spray-painted Stormtrooper helmet? They'd be having a phone call from Disney before the guy even got through the, through the wall, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. they? They'd be like... Hi guys, just so, just so you know, we are suing you. So, you, do you know that Shockmasters had two action figures made of him, both come with a knockoff Stormtrooper helmet? And I don't know how they've got away with that. I don't know how they've got away with it either. It's yeah. bizarre because it's that's all it is. It's not even like it's not even similar. It is that it's, yeah. a, it's a Stormtrooper helmet. <laughs> yeah. It was spray painted and put glitter on it. Yeah, maybe it's because it's a slight thing. It's like the Halloween mask is an Inside Out William Shatner mask. It's that thing where it's. Like, it's changed enough that it gets away from it. I love it. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, the original Halloween mask, uh, Michael Myers mask is the inside out William Shatner mask. There you go. So, the more save you know. yourself on a Halloween mask and buy a Shatner mask and turn it inside out. You probably get a Shatner mask cheaper on Halloween than Grumble you top tip. Or you can go with Denny Crane from Boston Illegal. Uh, anyway, 93. <laughs> what, what I literally don't understand that. He's reference. making references to Shatner shows. I don't know why. Yeah. Right, okay. talk about War Games 93. I didn't watch this one. Daryl's so, favourite war games ever. Yeah. Can you remember who started? Dustin Runnels started. Natural. I, I didn't watch this one. Have you not got so, the list? Does uh, it? it doesn't give me the full thing. Oh. It just tells me who Well, he starts um, and he takes his cowboy boot off <laughs> and he starts hitting him with his cowboy boot. Already which I thought were funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's learned from last year where every time, every, every time he thought he got an advantage, bad guys came in with a weapon. Yeah, so uh, bad guys did get an advantage, which yep. will shock you. And uh, Stevie Ray gets in. So but he's did, not called Stevie Ray. Is that an advantage, though? Because it's Stevie Ray. He's not called Stevie Ray, though. What's he called? Is he called Kane or... Kane or Colo? Yeah. One of, one? yeah. One of them. Krang or Code... Krang Kane, or Kane and Cole. Wasn't is it Kane and Cole? I thought it was Colo. Bloody Cole, no, what are the aliens called in Simpsons? Oh, Krang and Kodos. Yeah. No, Kang and Kodos. <laughs> Kang no, and Krang, was, Krang was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little pink fella. Yeah. Well, like brains. Was it Krang? Yeah. I'm sure it was Krang, yeah. There's, it's not. It's not a good. It's not a good war game. No, it's not. That's uh, why I didn't bother with. What you mean? This one with Davy Boy Smith and the Shockmaster wasn't a great war game with Stevie Ray in it. How could it not be good? There were no so, Spinneroni either. Oh, what's the point then? So the '94 one, I don't think we bothered with that one, nope. even though we did have Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes teaming together. 
Um, that, we went on that, to one of the brief moments during which they hadn't fallen out. And bunkhouse book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we went on. I went on to ninety five because I wanted to watch a really terrible one. Uh, this was what could possibly make you think that ninety five would be a terrible one, Dan. 95 was the Hulkamaniacs of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting. That's a fucking That's star a power team. lineup. That's a quality team, yeah. Versus the Dungeon of Doom. Uh huh. Kamala, the Zodiac. Okay. Well, okay. Ed Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Shark, oh. Earthquake, okay. and Meng. <laughs> During this match, how many legs did Kamala have? Two. Okay. Uh, two more than he has now, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I just depressed you with that thought. There you go. It's diabetes, See, yeah. isn't it? This one. This one sucked, didn't it? <laughs> well, like, I mean, even now you look back at it, you go, look at those two teams. Those are not level teams on any sort of playing field. It's like, no wonder WCW was in the fucking shit it was. Like, when Dungeon of Doom your biggest heel group. Like, like Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, but if you, if you listen to Kevin Sullivan's, like, reasoning for it, and it, 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 can, it can quite easily... Like look back on it now and say, oh yeah, we like this because our leader him it Hogan on to something else. But the reason that he gives for doing booking them kind of angles is because that's what Hogan was used to, and he wanted to gain his trust. At no point does he say, I, I wanted to gain his trust so I could turn him heel, but he wanted to get Hogan on side because he knew that, or he, he thought that Hogan wouldn't want to necessarily have what would be considered traditional WCW booking. I so, guess one way to definitely get Hogan on side is to chuck Ed Ledley in there somewhere. Well, yeah. this is the thing, because Hulk Hogan always had creative control. And apparently they say, who are you fancy feuding with? Well, Ed. We, 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 don't, we don't hire Ed. Well, he's not got a contract. Okay, I guess we'll make a phone call. Who do you want to feud with next? My mate John Tenter. Okay, uh, yeah, we can hire him. Who do you want to feud with next? I've heard Kamala's not up to much. Okay, we'll hire Kamala. Who have, <laughs> and it I, was who have I got to get a win back off of? Yeah, it, it was just... Him hiring all his mates. That's Hogan's MO, though, isn't it? Let's not forget when Hogan came into TNA and the Nasty Boys turned up on telly (laughs) in 2000 and whatever. It doesn't matter which Just for a payday. Yeah. (laughs) It was 2010, mate. I knew it was sometime in Yeah, but they did it all meta, didn't they? Where they were like, well, we're showing up because his mates Hogan's here and that obviously means we've got a job. Yeah, but that is what happened, though. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And they were just making fun of us for... Like believing that's it was a storyline. You know what? Ed Leslie must be devastated that he'd fallen out with Hogan around that time. Or if he hadn't, well, he's, then... he's got he's got uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine now, and he is his mate. We didn't use that photo. No, he didn't get sent to me. Like, I thought you had the photo because oh, I said, "Have you, you seen it?" Yeah. You said, "Yeah." I, I'd said I'd seen it, but I hadn't got a copy of it. And you said, "I've got a copy of it. I'll send it you." Oh, I thought because I, I had someone I mean, message me this I mean, week asking to see it. I mean, it's not like it's not like we talk to each other on Facebook Messenger. It's not like we'll just yeah. do this on air. It's not like you couldn't have just sent me a message. Oh, no, you didn't send me that picture, mate. I like, forgot. Oh, all right, I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do it for you. I'd forgot, but I blamed you. Um, yeah, cheers. <laughs> Let's not yeah. fight. Let's not fight like the Dungeon of Doom against the whole Yeah, Adams. This one was terrible, and I was under no, like, fit. The, the, compared to the 92 match, there, there was no tension here, was what's there? The, what's the worst gimmick in the Dungeon of Doom? Let's do that. I think it's, like, I kind of like Kevin, Kevin, uh, Kevin Sullivan, but I think okay. it's him. <laughs> What, worse than the shark? I was going to say, it's got okay, to be yeah, the, shark. the shark. Oh, No, do you know yeah. what? No, it's got to be Zodiac, because wasn't that based on an actual serial killer? Yeah, it, it was, was around like, the, it was just after the time that the Zodiac was killing people. Yeah, so they went, well, we can use that in an angle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I mean, Kevin, I think every Ed Leslie gimmick is always the worst, isn't it? With the exception of Brutus the Barber Beefcake, and even then, 
Not he kind of chanced on that was one. Was he as a well. barber or was he like a gigolo? Well, who knows, really? Yeah, okay. he, he had shears. He, he was a gigolo yeah. before that, and it was just that he cut some. He cut uh, Adrian Adonis's hair at WrestleMania in the match. And that's how he became the barber. Yeah. Okay. And he had a barber shop. Yeah. And Marty Jannetty got put through the window there. But, uh, let's jump on to this. So we've made a thing as well about the fact that n- most of the time, this is so the good guys can get their big win. Yeah. This is the best one. Is it? 1996. Yeah. The NWO of Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and NWO Sting versus Lex Luger, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Sting. The storyline going into this match is the NWO, this is, what, two months after they first debuted? Or maybe three yeah. months? And the two weeks before, or the week four on Nitro, Sting joined the NWO. But anyone watching it could clearly see it's not really Sting. Don't look out like Sting. Yeah, he doesn't look like Sting. But the three people who did believe it was Sting was Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Sting's best friend in the whole world, Lex Luger, who says, and I quote, I looked into your eyes and I know it was you. <laughs> While Sting is trying to say to him, it wasn't me, I don't know what to tell you. Do you the, the big mistake for this is Sting doesn't wear a mask. He wears <laughs> face paint. Yeah. <laughs> which is not a mask. Yep. So like, you can tell it's not him. Yeah, because just because you paint someone's face doesn't mean they don't have like they're still not. You hear it, Ed Leslie. Same, they don't have the same face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have either of you watched this? By the way, yes, I watched this match. Okay, be with me on this to tell Graham. Ric Flair cuts the promo of his fucking life before Ric this. Ric Flair fucking goes crazy. You know oh. that thing you like. You always get told when you like in promo class where it's about don't start off shouting because you've got I nowhere had promo to go. Class with Keith Byer, and then you just let Dougie do whatever he likes. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> But like the finger pro, like <laughs> did did he make an Iron Man cosplay? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, does it count yeah. as cosplay if it's terrible? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So the thing you get kind of told in promos is you don't start off screaming and bawling, and shouting because where are you going to go from that? Ric Flair. See, Dougie did start off creating screaming and shouting, and Stephen liked it so much that he put him in the main event of the Academy show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, somebody's dude. bitter I can't wait to do that one someone got stuck episode. in a freeway with the two worst wrestlers in the academy pretty much I know I wasn't very good but and, yeah but at least no one showed it at my wedding oh wait <laughs> yeah that might have happened <laughs> yep anyway, let's get back to this walking <laughs> without just me me just hearing my wrestling grievances from 2000. so this promo tell him about the promo so yeah Ric Flair just starts off fucking screaming like almost losing his voice screaming about how he's going to take down the NWO and everything. It's just, it's a classic Ric Flair promo. I can see why War Games actually now, obviously we talked about the influence of the Horseman, but it's also made for something like this, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Whether it works out or not, I guess you're about to tell me. So, well, so the whole thing in this match is, I might know who wins. Yeah. Who who starts for the Horseman? It's Scott Hall, isn't it? For the Horseman? Oh no, not for the Horseman. That's for the NWO. Uh, Oh, Arn Anderson. Give you a clue, it's double A. Yeah. Double A for and the horse. You said it's always yeah. double A, isn't it? Yeah. Arn Anderson and Scott Hall start off. This match goes on. Of course, NWO win the coin toss. These referees need to learn how to flip a coin so it doesn't always was land it on Nick the same Patrick, side. Though? Yes, it was Nick Patrick. Oh, evil. Has he got a tash? Yeah. Yes. Evil. Tash and, and the uh Mullet. Yeah. Mullet. Looking like the guy from Eastbound and Down. Mullet. Yep. Yep. So uh Good modern reference that time. They're continually building up in the final, like for the final two people, are we going to see, because the NWO, it was a secret partner and we didn't know whether Sting was going to be there. Yeah, because yeah. partway through the promo, Sting burst into the locker room 
Then they're doing the promo in and they have a big argument. Right. And then he fucks off so they don't know if he's going to be part of the match. Ah, right, okay. So, uh, and they're all saying we're going to do this without him and all this stuff. So, the fourth man for the NWO comes out and it's Sting. And they're going, that's Sting, that's Sting. Looks fuck all like Sting. It's NWO Sting. Yeah, it's NWO Sting. The shit version of Sting's there. Jeff Farmer? Yeah. He is NWO Sting. I don't know if he was it all the time. I I don't know if this one was Jeff Farmer or not anyway, yeah. But anyway, so then the fourth man for the... For the other team comes out and it's Sting. Actual Sting. Yeah, actual Sting runs down there, fucking clears house, takes on, takes massive down pop as yeah, well. Yeah, massive reaction, clears house and everything, and then turns around to Lex Luger and pretty much says "fuck you." He's like, "Yeah, hey. he says do, do it yourself," and he says yeah. "up yours" and does the up yours sort of gesture, and then fucks yeah. off, and then walks out and leaves the three guys just to get beat down by the NWO, and eventually, who is it who gets the? NWO Sting forces Luger to submit to the Scorpion Deathlock. Wait, wait, right. So there's two rings, isn't there? Yeah. There's a cameraman stood in between the two rings (laughs) filming the Scorpion Deathlock, right? However, you get the other camera angle from the other side so you can see the cameraman. Excellent. Kevin Nash is climbing between the two rings, right? He tries to climb into the second ring where the action's taking place and he gets his foot caught in the camera cable (laughs) and the cameraman's having to help him (laughs) get unstuck from it. And it's the most WCW thing I can think of. I've just thought a spot we didn't talk about. I think it's in a 92 match when they have Arn Anderson upside down between the two rings with his head like in the gap. Yes. I really love that, that spot. Was, that was yeah. a good spot. So yeah, and we got a really long promo after this of the NWO doing their whole thing. It's, it's rare for them in 1996, yeah. isn't it? But like, Macho the, Man came out. Yeah, Macho Man came out and they spray painted him. It's the no, time no, no, they didn't. Oh, Miss Elizabeth came they, out. Yeah. So they beat down Macho Man. And then I did, because I know Miss Elizabeth eventually joins NWO, but I didn't mm-hmm. know if it was with Macho Man or not. So I didn't know if it was going to be like some kind of turn, but she kind of covers Macho Man up and then they, Hogan like pins her down and spray paints NWO on her back. Yeah. Brilliant. But like the best thing about There's this There's no is, rape allegory there at all. That's yeah. why I said pins are down. Yeah, I know. This this leads to Branding. the best angle WCW did. Yeah, like, that's the funny thing, is actually yeah, it, this leads it's to a, a great terrible angle. match, but the sting year and a bit build to his eventually kind of shit match. But he's, the build to it and everything, this is the best story this is the best WCW ever was. But it's kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well it's like, I think it's it's important it's to know. It's terrible that, paying like, off stuff. It's not a bad idea to the, the angle was never a bad idea. Hmm. The practical of it was partly poor due to who's involved and partly due to the fact that it's WCW and people couldn't be asked. But actually, the angle of it is good. Like, if you could get... I don't know. If they'd, if they'd found some way of finding someone who actually looked like Sting, the payoff would have been much better. Yeah. But nonetheless, it leads to that Sting angle and it actually builds to WCW's most successful pay-per-view ever. Yeah. Which is... Starcade 97. 97 yeah. Before Starcade 97, we got another war games between the NWO and uh, the Four Horsemen. However, this is not the NWO that we had previously. It was the NWO. Kevin Nash is there. Mm-hmm. Scott, Hall, Scott Hall, I think this was during his one of his times away. Hulk Hogan decided, I oh, can't be asked doing a war games match again. Uh, so instead, they got Buff Bagwell, Six, and Conan. There you go. Yeah. Oh. NWO 80. Oh, no. B team definitely. Yep, and the four horsemen is Chris Benoit, Steve McMichael, Ric Flair, and Kurt Henning. We'll not talk much about this match because I'm guessing it's got that guy in it, hasn't it? Yeah. The guy we don't so want to talk about. We'll just talk Steve about McMichael. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we we get the uh, NWO winning this one again, and this time it's because Kurt Henning's the fourth man for the four horsemen. If anyone remembers the angle, yep. this is Arn Anderson's retirement happened just before this. 
And during that time, Arnison gave his spot to Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. And that also led to Kevin Nash's... Not any spot. <laughs> Kevin spot. Nash's amazing impression of Arn Anderson that was fine until Arn Anderson's wife saw it and was a bit upset about it. Oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in the end of this match, Kurt Henning comes in and turns. So it's five on three and the real wins. Yeah. And I want to talk about the big one. I want to talk about the big one. We've got one more to talk about, and I want to talk about it. The last proper War Games match was a slight deviation to the usual format. Slight deviation, yeah. Well, are, are we talking about the big deviation or the, 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 okay? Come on, come on, come on. So I'll just quickly mention there was one in between this. The last proper War Games match was had three teams in it. It was Team WCW, which was Dime Dallas Page, Roddy Piper, and the Warrior. Versus NWO Hollywood, which was Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, and Stevie Ray, and NWO Wolfpack, Kevin Ashton, and Luger. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page pinned uh, Stevie Ray in that match with Diamond Cutter to win it for Team WCW. So you this could end in pin. Yeah, this is the first one that ends in a pin. Yeah, this was that was the first one that could end in a pin. Yeah. The net. So then, good. But can I just say, by the way, not a bad idea in terms of adding three yeah. three teams of three instead of two teams of four. Don't know if yeah. it necessarily worked in execution, but not a bad idea in terms of changing the dynamic a little bit. So that was the last proper so War Games the match. Well, what, what do you mean? The next one is a War well, Games match as well. Before we get onto this one, because this is definitely the main event of War Games matches, uh-huh. I just want to mention some variations of it. We've already mentioned TNA did Lethal Lockdown. Yep. Uh, CZW do a version of the War Games, the Cage of yeah, Death. Cage of Death, yeah. Which is my favourite War Games match of all time isn't a War Games match. I think I might know which one you're going to talk about. Death Before Dishonor 4, Ring of Honor versus CZW. Yeah is an amazing, amazing War Games match in the Cage of Death. It's fucking brilliant. If you can, go and hunt it out. It's like an hour-long match, but it's so fucking good. It's very clever as well. Yeah, like the everything way they did builds it is, so perfectly. This Ring of Honor versus CZW feud, um, they build up that like Homicide is going to be involved, but then Homicide wants a favour from Jim Cornette, so he's not involved. So they have... We don't know who the fifth man's going to be. The fifth man's confirmed, confirmed in better commas, to be Brian Danielson. He's the ROH champion at that point. I think he is turning heel, or maybe he is holding he's, he's kind of just a shithead yeah. at that time. But basically, yeah. he um, he turns on one of his partners. I can't remember which partner it is. He turns on some. Do you know? Yeah. I think I remember. But anyway, the whole point is like it's CZW's playground, but it's Ring of Honor's arena. And they've got. Is this the one with the two sets of fans with the bleachers? Or yeah, the, I might oh, be no, no, that, arena was, warfare. that was Arena Warfare. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, basically, the CZW fans and ROH fans. And so if you imagine both teams, it's like a football sort of atmosphere in that they've got, they've got teams with fans. Um, Danielson turns on his team, buggers off. Homicide comes in as Ring of Honor's fifth man instead. Uh, this, and the good thing about this is it, it's clever because Ring of Honor are basically the faces here, but there's also yeah. CW, CZW fans and they chant, is it five on six on five, six on yeah. five? And then Ring of Honor fans chant, you can't count. Um, because <laughs> there's only five on five in there. There's only five one. on five. But um, it, it's clever because it leaves that sort of sense of injustice against CZW in yeah. the sense that Brian Anderson was in the match, but it left. also built so many different things in other angles. So you had the Brian Anderson thing kind of turning his back on Ring of Honor almost. You had Homicide getting in his favour. Uh, on yeah. the CZW side, it helped build to what eventually became a loser leave CZW match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Hero, yeah. which was the best CZW feud pretty much ever. Um, it's which isn't absolute, hard, but you know. Yeah, it was an absolute amazing match, and it's worth, if you can, finding a way to watch that one. Uh, they also did the uh, Steel Cage Warfare matches, which were war game style as well in Ring of Honor. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of companies have tried to do their own 
spin on the war games. The only one who hasn't done it is the WWE, and I really wish they would. The nearest thing is Elimination Chamber, I guess. Yeah, but the thing is, they should do um, war games, or they should they miss an opportunity to do a six man tag Elimination Chamber. I really yeah, Shield and Wyatt. This, Shield yeah. and Wyatt should have been. If you imagine, yeah. like what I remember you, that that was that match happened at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. The pay per view was called Elimination mm. Chamber. The psychology was there. The teams were there. It was a perfect opportunity to do it. And even though they had a great match at that show, the match they had was great. Yeah. Right? I still go and watch it, watch it occasionally now. And that and the main event match after that, which were both excellent matches, considering who's in them. If you look back, got Eric Rowan in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's still a great match. But it's a huge missed opportunity. At that pay-per-view, you could have... The Elimination Chamber would be a perfect way of them doing a War Games match without doing a War Games match. Yeah, because they don't want to do the two rings, do they? No, and to be perfectly honest, that's one thing that I, I absolutely yeah. sympathise with them on that. When people say, oh, why haven't they done a War Games? I can see why they go, look, two rings is too complicated. It takes away floor space. I get that, but it's not that they couldn't use the psychology of the match, and I think I agree yeah. with you. They really missed out on an opportunity yeah. to do it then. So yeah, every company in the world kind of tries to do their own spin on the war games match including wcw who in but dan on, wcw already had a war game yeah what but, what what's the only way that you can improve a war games i don't know ask vince russo mm. well war games got, 2000 like, already, yes add 2000 to anything do you not remember the south park rule add 2000 to yeah. anything in 2000 you just add 2000 to to anything Wrestlemania 2000 Wrestlemania 2000 Goosebumps Series 2000 I, I bought, the, I bought so, that book so this was on a random episode of Nitro well with a War Games match in the triple steel cage well, now, I mean they already had two rings if, before how could you make it better yeah. two cages let's explain the, tri the triple cage um, if you haven't seen the film Ready to Rumble or the classic <laughs> WCW match at Slamboree featuring Diamond Dallas Page Jeff Jarrett and David Arquette, it is kind of like the Hell in the Cell with a normal cage on top of it with another cage on top of that. So the idea of this War Games match, how else to improve War Games? This is a super long episode. Uh, well, how else to improve War Games? Cages. You have two teams of four and you have the traditional thing. Yep. But... I know gimmicks. Yeah, we'll have gimmicks all the way around the cage and you've got to qualify to enter the match. But the big thing is how do you win if it's in a triple cage and we don't want pins and submissions uh, let's put the world title at the top of the k at the third cage and uh, you have to bro let's put the world title at the top of the cage and you gotta climb up through the cages to win the world title bro. you haven't only got to climb up through the cages you've got to collect the title bring it back down through then the you cages gotta bring the title get down it out the door. through the cages bro get it through the door yeah. bro so even bro. though this was a team match anybody could win the world title but it's a war <laughs> games match but it's for the world title bro fucking hate it yeah see i've not seen it and i fucking hate it <laughs> this match so the match was so where canyon gets launched off of it no no that no, was that's a, that's that was slam match who yeah. actually gets the belt who gets to, to so, the belt uh, it's Booker T who gets to the belt, right. but he's not who, the one who leaves. No, with that's it. That, I, uh, I, I the knew that happened. Yeah. I knew that happened. The current champion is Swerve, Kevin Nash, bro. Uh, and Kevin Nash's team is Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, Scott Steiner, and the Harris brothers. 
phenomenal. The Harris brothers defeated... Actual racists, the Harris brothers. Yeah. I can't remember who they... have tattoos. Oh, so here was the qualifying matches. Uh, Ernest Miller was supposed to be in the match, but he lost in a match against uh, the Harris brothers in a handicap match. Ironically, did his mama call in sick? That was Buff Bagwell, who... Whose mum called in no, sick? No, somebody it? called my mama. Was oh, his music? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about I, that. I mean, jokes. I thought you were. I thought you were going to make yeah. an, make an ironic point about the fact that the Harris brothers were beating up on a black man. Oh, uh, yeah, that happened. As oh well. no, uh, Miller lost to Chronic. Even Chronic, another yeah. great team. I mean, then, these, are, these are all the great WCW teams of the two thousands. Russo sent when the Harris brothers in. coming out. Great WCW teams of the two thousands. <laughs> Natural born killers. Vicious so. and delicious. Was that two thousand? Probably at the same time that PCW send out their DVDs. That not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll receive it along with the PCW best of. Oh dear. Blu-ray. Uh, so yeah, this match. Oh bad. my it's bad. god! It's so, what's so the, who's the terrible. face team? Uh, it's Sting, Booker T, Goldberg, and Chronic. Right. Okay. So Chronic and the Harris brothers like brawl away somewhere. They're just kind polite of, of them at least. Yeah. Like, just get the shit out. So they'll leave the cage. Yeah. Okay. And it's just like people just walking in and out and stuff, and it's just really silly. So Booker T's the one who eventually gets to the top of the cage. In the meantime, Sting and Scott Steiner both get handcuffed in the middle cage because there's handcuffs all over the fucking place. People getting handcuffed left, right, and center. The end of it is left with, in the bottom cage, Goldberg, Russo, Booker T, uh, but Booker T's been handcuffed somewhere at this point, and Kevin Nash. Uh, have I said Kevin? Kevin Nash, Russo are the two. And it's almost like Kevin Nash is going to turn on Russo, but then eventually teams up with him to beat down Goldberg and walk out the cage. So it was all completely pointless. And it was... The- so did Nash win the belt? Nash was already champion at the time, sorry. Nash so he, he yeah. kept the belt. Booker okay. T was the one who got it from the yeah. top of the cage because Booker T was challenging Kevin Nash for the title at Fall Brawl. And this match was just there for some reason. And it's terrible. Please go watch it. It's on an episode of Nitro. And the, the only good thing about it, it's probably one of the better episodes of Nitro in terms of the fact that it's a contained episode where everything's about the main event and Bro. it's all kind of in one. But it's such a fucking terrible shit show of a match that perfectly explains why WCW no longer exists. Okay. So that's I re- our full I, guy to War Games. Is that Vince only ever watched one match, and it was this one. Yeah, he, he says, like, show me the most recent War Games match. And they're like, oh, no, there's a... No, no, show me the most recent one. <laughs> but Vince, what about 92? No, show me the most recent one. Sorry. <laughs> show me the most recent one. What the hell is this? We're never doing this in our show. Never. Do you think maybe part of the reason they haven't used War Games, just to bring this to a sort of a, a close, and just, you know, chuck in the old conspiracy theory, it's a WCW gimmick that was quite good. The gimmick was quite good. Uh, maybe, but I think the name doesn't help, does it? It's for yeah. war games. True. They probably don't like that. People might get confused with the 1983 movie War Games starring Matthew Broderick, which I also watched this week. Yeah, maybe. Was, that, was that part of our work? I didn't watch it. No, but I watched it for fun and it was very enjoyable. Well, um, film. you watched a film for fun. Yeah. We've yeah. done that on the show before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we should do that again. That Can't be asked, mate. That one. Well, at some point, I, I'm, that, maybe, that one's coming soon. I think sometime. soon we should watch. What we need to decide what film though. What film are we going to watch? Uh, I I know I which mean, film I want to watch. I, I, I'm up for watching War Games again. We're not watching War. No, we've got to watch a WWE film. Uh, Last time we watched an Predator. Film. No, it's got Jesse Ventura in it. No, they live. No WWE yeah, but films. Yeah, it's film. from WWE films. WWE division, films. Is it? Yeah, uh, it's nearly Halloween. We should do Leprechaun. We're not Origins doing Leprechaun at some, at some point. 
No, I want. I want. No, I want to watch. I don't. We had an action. You want film. some more family friendly? I want friendly. to watch something family friendly. I want a comedy. Comedy. Yeah. So what comedies have we got? We've got Knucklehead. We can oh, watch I don't that. Know. Fuck no. 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 Don't want to watch that. What about um? What other comedies have they done? They did one of the Christmas ones. We could watch them. It's not Christmas, is it? Yeah, and... Uh... Condemns were pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> unintentionally funny. I got it! I want to watch The Chaperone. Why? Because it's got Triple H as The Chaperone. And he says in the trailer how it's he's got, The Chaperone. It's got character actor Kevin Corrigan in it. I think we agreed to watch The Chaperone last time when we did Film Club. Did we? I think we did. Uh, yes. I think we, we get to watch we The Chaperone. agreed. <laughs> yeah, 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 The Chaperone. Right, that's it for the Royal Gone for this week. Sorry we took so long, but I think... This is the podcast beyond, and by beyond, I mean beyond two hours. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to go to facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. You can go to twitter.com slash Royal Grumble pod. That's all for this week. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye. Say goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye, everybody.